For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey, Miami fans, if you don't like it, learn to love it. Care for shoe is the best thing going today. Woo! Man, I just had to put that out there, boy. I'm still on cloud nine from the big win over the weekend. Uh, welcome back to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Um, appreciate you guys tuning in. First time listeners, those of you that have been rocking with me for a while, you know that I predicted FSU to win the game and actually wasn't far from the uh, final score. I think I picked it up, predicted a total of 31, 34 to 31. Uh, of course, uh, the total comes um, comes in a little under that uh, FSU with a big 31 to 28 victory. Um, if you're a betting man and you use our sponsor, betonline.com, uh, um, if you had bet $100 on the nose, you would have returned $125. Um, FSU opened as a um, uh, slight underdog against Boston College on the road coming up. Um, so make sure you head over to uh, the new updated desktop on our mobile website. Uh, sign up today and receive vi- uh, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50. That's B-L-E-A-V-50 to receive your bonus. Um and I like FSU in this game. We'll talk about Boston College um, a little later in this, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about the um, FSU Miami game and just the um, man, just the impact uh, the game itself. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember being that that invested in a game. It's been a long time since you know I felt like FSU you know had a real real shot. To, to beat Miami, um, I mean, pro- man, probably since, since, I mean, they should have won in 2017, and they uh, basically gave to the 2018 game away, um, you know, blowing that lead um, late in the uh, uh, second half of the game and Willie Tiger's first year. And it's so funny, um, and I, I just finished writing an article for Chop Chat that'll go up on um, Tuesday morning talking about the delusion of Miami fans and, you know, you know, all I've heard over the last day or so is, you know, I can't believe Miami lost to that FSU team, you know, the same FSU team that lost to Jacksonville state. And of course, you know, I don't expect Miami fans to, to know all the ins and outs of FSU, you know, although, you know, Manny Manny does play the war chant at practice every day, so who who knows? But you know, I think I think Miami fans forgot that you know FSU went on the road and and manhandled a UNC team that they lost to. Um, heck, the worst FSU team in our lifetime beat a North Carolina team that absolutely obliterated Miami last year. I mean, I think UNC's running backs probably just scored another touchdown 
as I'm talking to you guys right now. Um, so I just, I just, didn't, I didn't understand Miami's confidence, you know, coming into the game. I mean, I mean, the game was, I mean, pretty much a pick 'em. I mean, it was they had Miami's a what um, minus two and a half point favorite. I mean, yeah, the game's on the road for Miami, so you know they, they would still be favored by less than a touchdown. Um, you know, even if the game was, um, you know, at home for them. So it's not like, you know, they were favored by double digits or something like that. So for Miami fans to be, you know, in disbelief that this FSU team would have a shot at beating them, you know, it just kind of proves, you know, the fact that, um, Miami fans are really, really clueless when it comes to, um, reality. I mean, you know, let's just face it. I mean, they they have sucked for twenty years. You know, <clears throat> and um, basically, you know, FSU has become the Super Bowl. You know, they have become satisfied with beating FSU and not even competing for the ACC Coastal, much less an ACC title or uh, a national championship. But anyway, back to the game, man. Um, FSU started. I mean, could not have started any better. You know, um, those of you that listen to the podcast or if you read any of my material on Chop Chat, I'm very I'm one of the very few that have been supportive of Adam Fuller as defensive coordinator. Um, you know, like I said before, he has has his faults. He's he has made some decisions that have been hey, I mean, you could make a case for him to be fired, I guess you could say, after the Jacksonville State debacle, but um, you know, again, I, I still put that loss on the offense. I don't care what anybody says. There's no way in the world you should only score 17 points against Jacksonville State. So if the offense had done their job, it wouldn't even have been a question. But we've seen the defense getting better um, as the secondary um, rotations have lessened. You know, he's he's got, you know, his guys that, you know, he's figured out who, what their strengths and weaknesses are, you know, the best way to kind of put that that back in together. You know, the linebackers are what they are. The defensive line has been the strength of the team uh, the entire year. And um, as I said, um, you know, in the previews and on the podcast last week, I thought that the defensive line would have a decided advantage against uh, Miami's offensive line. And um, I didn't think they would be able to run the ball. You know, Knighton's, uh, you know, he's a, that kid, that kid, um, he's got some juice to him, but, you know, he does not have, the patience or the vision that you need, um, you know, to be, to be a good running back yet. You know, if he, you know, if there's a hole there, you know, he, he don't have, you know, he can just hit it, you know, he's, that's one thing, but, you know, finding the holes and, you know, just knowing, you know, having the experience and he hadn't played a lot of football. So I wasn't too worried about him and, you know, they pretty much bottled him up. Um, he did do a little damage in the passing game and that was, you know, I figured that, you know, I think I mentioned that they would try to get him in space on the linebackers and, you know, they did they did get that one pass out to him to um go up um twenty eight to twenty on the touchdown in the fourth quarter. The last time that they scored when um I think it was Brownlee uh, just bounced off of Knighton and he kinda just went in and scored. And I'm not gonna lie to you, when that when he scored that touchdown, I typed it on Twitter. I said I said ball game, you know, I said it's just um I mean we've watched this team over the last you know, four years. And I mean, you know, 
I know they don't have any quit in them. And I typed on there on the via the Chop Chat account. I put I put on Twitter. You know, I said, well, we're getting ready to see if the quit that this team used to have is still there. And the key word is used to have. You know, I I didn't say they were quitters or that they would quit, but we know that the program as a whole has. You know, they have folded, you know, in certain times. And I don't know if they've ever faced, you know, they faced adversity. I mean, they faced adversity in every game this year. You know, they came back against Notre Dame. They came back against Louisville, um, you know. Um, but being in, being in a game where you were dominating your rival, and, I mean, the collective fan base is like, we're like, just come on, baby. Just, you know, just let the seconds keep ticking. You know, we need this win. We need this win. And to, to see them gradually get back in the game and gradually get back in the game and then ultimately, you know, take the lead after, you know, they just try to stomp all over your your logo, take the lead on, on the very next play after all that goes down. You don't do anything on offense. And then they score again, you know, to make it 28 to 20. I was like, <sighs> Man, you know, I I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was a wrap, man. I thought it was a wrap. And, um, of course, FSU um, gets the ball. And, you know, they were able to move the ball. You know, they just kind of stalled out a lot of times and, you know, had to settle for field goals or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but I thought the decision that Mike Novell made to kick the field goal um, to make it 28-23 made all the sense in the world. And I know a lot of people wanted him to go for it, but – I thought that would have been – that would have cost them the game um, because, you know, the time that you spent – even if you would even if you would have gotten the, the first down, you still would have had to score a touchdown and you would have had to go on the two just to tie the game. And all the time the clock is your enemy in that situation. So, you know, kicking the, kicking the, um, the field goal and then, you know – I mean, they had, they had dominated Miami – on defense for the most part. And um, I felt, I felt confident they would get the ball back. I mean, I know, um, you know, they did get a first down, you know, um, in the first part of that series. Um, but then they came up with the, um, the big third down play with um, the uh, defensive backs up on Mallory to tight end. And then, you know, uh, Jermaine Johnson coming in and laying, laying a wood on him and um, forcing Manny to punt, you know? And so when they got the ball, when they got the ball back, you know, with a little over two minutes left and, you know, you know, they got to go 80 yards. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't the most confident person in the world, but I was like, Hey, you know, you have four downs, you know, no matter what, um, there's no reason why, there's no reason why you don't have a shot, you know, not, not saying, you know, they're definitely going to score, but you should, you should at least, you know, make it interesting. I thought, and whenever um, Jordan Travis hit Ja'Kai Douglas, you know, on that fade route for like what it was a fifty yards, sixty yards, man, I screamed, and it was just me. And I, you know, I have I have an older daughter who I had to take over to um, a friend's house. Like during, like I missed like the last two minutes of the second quarter, and so by the time I got home, halftime was almost over, so it was just me, and I have twins, um, so my oldest daughter's 13, and my twins are 11, and so my twins are boy, girl, twins, and, you know, they they know I love FSU, and they knew they were, you know, we were playing Miami and all that good stuff, 
And um <clears throat> man, when he hit that pass to um Douglas, you know, I was like, Oh, I just screamed. I was like, Oh, buddy, we 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 got a shot now, you know. And um, you know, then of course, you know, they kinda stalled and of course we get to the infamous, you know, fourth and fourteen and all I can remember I can remember looking looking at the um looking at the TV and I just remember saying to myself, Well, you know, this is this is it, man. You know, either they're gonna convert here or you know, it's a lot of questions you gotta ask, you know, going back in the, into this game because I had said in the first half I was on Twitter, you know, nonstop talking about the missed opportunities they had to bury Miami in the first half, you know, with all those turnovers, they only got 10 points off of them. And I was just like, man, that I just felt like it was going to come back to bottom in the ass. And I was just like, Oh, you know, I was, I was just frustrated because I was like, we don't get this first down, you know, then you got to go back and look at all the what ifs, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, you just knew you had all those recruits there and, you had uh, made it a game. You were competitive, but you was like you you needed to get over the hump. You just like man, we got it. we you got to win the game. And whenever whenever um you know they hiked the ball, and I saw Jordan Travis drop back, and then I saw um Robert Scott uh, blocking the hell out of the guy coming off the edge, and I was like, well, he's got time. And in the way Travis kind of kind of stepped into the throw you know and you know i was like man he's throwing that ball like he's throwing that like he sees something you know and so you of course you know you know the camera pans with the ball and you look and you're like oh oh and you saw uh you saw parchment catch the ball and you were just like you know and at first i was like man i hope he didn't score i was like please i hope he didn't score you know let him be short because i was looking at the clock i was like there's too much time remaining too much time remaining and i was like oh gosh please uh oh i hope he didn't go in i hope he was short which is crazy to say i know but knowing how miami games go you know like you need all the help you can get right especially on uh, especially with a lot of the stuff that went their way that tip touchdown pass that um Harley caught in the back of the end zone. I was just like, man, you just felt like at that point you were like, bro, you were like typical, typical Miami look. But when Parchment caught that ball, you know, first of all, I was like, well, you did redeem yourself because boy, I was cussing him something whenever he stopped running on that route earlier in the play. So, you know, it was a big, big catch for him, big redemption uh, opportunity for him. And you know, it's what Mike Novell preaches. You know, you know. I have a short memory, um, you know, make the next play. And so at that point, you know, I was like, man, you know, we're, here we are on like the six inch line. I was thinking Miami is going to let us just score. And, you know, we line up and I'm like, well, they ain't letting us score. I was like, oh, and the clock's, you know, clock keeps running. And I'm like, and I'm, and then, so I get to the point where I'm like, well, okay, it's going to come down to either we can't get six inches we are or we're not. And if we can't get six inches, we deserve to lose. Right. And so, of course, you know, he, um, Jordan Travis, you know, he punches it in. And uh, then I'm like, well, we got to go for two because, you know, if you don't get the two point conversion, then, of course, you set yourself up to have your heart ripped out of your chest by uh, a field goal from probably like 47 yards or something, which their kicker can make. And so, 
you know, of course they go for two and then they, um, Miami jumps off sides, which is something that they have done all night, you know? And so I was, when he jumped off sides, I was like, keep going with the play, keep going with the play. And Jordan Travis, you know, he ran in and that, you know, they were like two point conversion. Good. I was like, I just, I was just hoping that they wouldn't blow the play dead. I was like, please don't blow the play dead. You know, keep going. You got a free play. And so when he, um, you know, converted the two point conversion, you know, I was like, okay, at the very least, you can't lose a game on the field goal, you know? And I was like, okay. So I felt, I felt really confident, confident on that, but you know, Defense stood up there in the last, you know, the last drive. And whenever, whenever they completed that last pass on third down and it was, uh, uh, you know, first down or whatever with two seconds to go, three seconds, two seconds or whatever it was. And, um, you know, he spiked the ball and I was just like, I was like, what, well, what happened? And you saw the flag and you were like, well, what's going on? And, um, I was just thinking, I don't know why in my head I was thinking it's going to be on Miami and they got a, you know, the, the, you know, they got a 10 second runoff penalty or whatever. I was like, let me see what he says. And, you know, he's like, you know, he explains it and he's like, the game's over. And I was like, kind of just sit there for a second. And I was like, and I, all I could do was I just typed on Twitter. I was like, we won. And I, you know, and I kind of like just, I kind of just looked around like, I cannot believe we just won this game. Like, if you'd have asked me, you know, 45 minutes ago, what the probability would have been, you know, I'd have been like, I don't, it ain't going to happen. And for them to, um, you know, score in those last two possessions and, and, and take, I mean, they took that game from Miami. Um, you know, Miami didn't give it to them. They took that game. You know, they, they forced them to punt, you know, um, whenever Miami had the ball, got the ball back, went down and scored a touchdown. You know, and um, and a two point conversion. They took the game from Miami. You know, I mean, man, that was impressive. That was impressive. You know, and you know, I kept saying, I kept saying on Twitter um, and on here, I was like, you know, the game is going to be. I was confident in the defense, man. When I look back at Miami's offense. You know, they don't they don't really have a run game. And basically it was, you know, Van Dyke just, you know, launching balls down the field, you know, it's you know, having his receivers to win one on one battles. And um I mean, granted, you know, Rambo had been doing that, but they hadn't really played they hadn't played any any really not saying FSU's defense is is, is elite or, or anything like that, but that FSU's defense isn't a bad defense. They're not. You know, from a down-to-down basis, you know, they'll have, you know, two costly missed tackles or something like that. But on a down-to-down, you know, basis, they're not a bad defense at all, despite the the the, the flight that Fuller gets, you know. Um, and so I was just thinking, like, man, you know, my only concern was, you know, them getting in space with the linebackers. But, you know, Miami just came down and kept chunking the ball downfield. And I was like, yeah, keep chunking the ball downfield. And it's, you know, first and 10 goes to second and 10. And then, you know, you know they'll try to run it, you know, get two yards, and then it's third and eight or whatever. Then you pass and it's incomplete. And before you know it, you know, they got like three or four three and outs back to back to back. And I was like, this game couldn't have started off any better. And so at that point, I was like, okay, I have said it time and time again. If the offense shows up, the defense will respond. That that has been the case for this team the entire 
year. You go go back and look at the NC State game, even with McKenzie Milton in there. Offense did jack squat the first half. The, the defense was the only reason they were in that game, 14-0 at half. Offense, uh, do, do the onside kick, get the ball, go and score, and FSU defense dominates NC State, um, you know, for the third quarter. Then, of course, the uh, FSU offense, you know, kind of stalls out and they can't do anything after that. But, man, the, def- the defense, I had faith in the defense. I know a lot of people didn't, but – um, now, I'm not saying Adam Fuller is the answer long term, but <clears throat> I think, you know, I thought that um, keeping him for the consistency, um, you could tell that his defense had been improving throughout the entire year. And, um, you know, some people would say, well, it's only because his defense, he's got a good defensive line. Well, duh, that's any, that's any coach, you know, I mean, you got to have players, you know, you got to have players to, um, to, to make the plays. And um, I thought the decision to start uh, Amarion Cooper was, man, talk about big time, big time decision for the coaches to have the faith in him to give him his first start in a huge rivalry game with so many huge implications. You know, that's a testament to, you know, the coaching staff believing in what they're teaching in practice and taking the, you know, the practice habits that the players are, are, are using, you know, and basically, you know, what, what that said is, Hey, if you come here, you know, true freshman or not, I mean, he got, you know, he was hurt some in the, um, in the preseason, um, overcame that. And, um, you know, we saw him in the Syracuse game and it was like, you know, there was one play. I remember people talking about him specifically talking about, man, he's a DB. He looked like he was in slow motion out there. And they were talking about Amarion Cooper. And here we are, what, I don't know, four weeks later. And, you know, he, he has an interception against Clemson. You know, he's got an interception early in the Miami game, and he played likes out. And so that's just the coaching staff saying, hey, look, I don't care if you're a senior. I don't care if you're a freshman. If you come in here and you put in the work and practice like you're supposed to, you're consistent, you will get the opportunity to play. And so they started him over Darian Jones, and there was like a collective clap on social media whenever that kind of came about um, uh, before the game started, when it was announced that uh, Cooper would get the start. So I thought that was pretty funny. But, man, that that was a huge decision because you saw um, when Seven got out there, he gave up a touchdown. So props to Cooper, props to the um, coaching staff for for having – Hey, that was balls to put him out there as a freshman um, against an offense that had been cooking. I mean, they had been cooking the last three games. Um, you knew they were going to throw the rock around or try to throw the rock around. And, um, you know, so for him to have that type of game, and that's huge moving forward. That's huge moving forward. So I'm excited to see what happens um, uh, against Boston College because, you know, they're going to throw the rock around too. Um, another thing too is – you know, looking at the um, looking at the defense, man, man, the game, the game, the game was so close to being a blowout in so many different ways. I mean, there were there were, I mean, FSU was dominating Miami defensively, um, and then when when Miami did start having some success, 
they were they were having to make like NFL plays to keep drives going. I mean, I mean, there are at least three, at least three like third down conversions where um, I remember one in particular where um, Van Dyke hit Mallory the tight end uh, across the middle, and and Jamie Robinson was all over that tight end. I have no idea how he caught that ball, but it was a you know it was third and ten. And that completion, you know, converted a first down. And but if but if he'd have dropped the ball or whatever, or you know, the ball had been knocked away, you know, they'd have been punting. And there was a there was a, at least let's see, there was another play um, with um, Jarvis Brown against Rambo uh, over near, near the sidelines. You could see, and you could see whenever Rambo caught the ball, Brownley kind of like kind of like just kind of made a motion, like he was just frustrated, like man, like I was I was there, I was all over him. How the hell did he catch the ball? You know, and that was a third down conversion. And and there was one more. There was one more. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember exactly who it was, but I remember thinking like, man, that you just have to tip your cap because you know he was making throws and they were making catches that were. I mean, the window was like minimal. You know, but you have to tip your cap to him, and you know, but. You know, I just, you know, that kind of, you know, they were six of 16, I think it was, uh, on third downs and then four of four. And one of those plays might have been a fourth down uh, that they converted. I know they were four of four on fourth down, but I just remember thinking like, man, this defense is playing lights out. I was like, even when they are completing passes, aside from the little screens to Knighton or whatever in the flats, you know, aside from that, I was like, everything, everything is – Everything is covered, you know, for the most part. And and I had mentioned, I, I wrote it on uh, on Twitter. I talked about the little flea flicker thing they do. They do it every game. And, of course, they did it. They did it. Uh, they, now, they did set up a little bit differently. Normally, they would just hand the ball to Knighton. And, you know, then he would throw it back to Van Dyke and he would throw it. But um, they, hiked, they hiked the ball to Knighton, I think it was. And he threw it to somebody. Then um, Van Dyke came across and they threw it to Van Dyke. And then he hit Mallory, you know, deep down. So, it was a wrinkle that they hadn't shown before. Um, but I knew they were going to try to do something like that. But, but man, you know, defense was lights out. So um, the physicality that they play with, man, we haven't seen, We, you know, I was calling, I was calling FSU soft for years, like from like 2016, maybe 2017, all the way through, um, last year, I remember, I remember writing about it. I was like, the last time I've seen FSU like really, really, really like be physical was the time in the Orange Bowl when Matthew Thomas blew up that Michigan uh, running back like three yards behind the line of scrimmage to force a field goal. I was like, that's the last like major collision that I remember a, a FSU guy like just laying the wood on somebody. Um, but we've seen FSU be physical this year. Um, even in, in the Notre Dame game, we we've seen them be physical. But man, whenever um, Akeem Dent came up and laid the wood on that um, that that uh, Miami receiver, like in the first quarter, he was like, "Ooh, you like like he boys hitting different today, you know." And then um, Jamie Robinson came up, and, you know, he he laid the wood to um to the dude and um, stripped the ball from him and got the interception. That was a key play. That was a key play because Miami was moving the ball. I think that I think that reception, I think he intercepted the ball on FSU side of the field. You know that was um, that was that was a huge play in the game. Um, <clears throat> but uh, going to the offense, man, I, 
you know, I thought FSU would be able to run the ball, you know, and, and you know, they did. Um, and I thought that um, Jordan Travis would have opportunities to pass to pass the ball in certain situations. Um, you know, I wrote about it that in Miami's defense wasn't great and they were susceptible to explosive plays in the air and on the ground, and that is exactly what happened. You know, the um, the fumble by FSU – and Miami, and we know this, Miami is a momentum team. And when they, when FSU fumbled the ball, you knew, I said, you knew they're going to score. They're going to score. They're going to score. And, um, you know, that, that's just unfortunate. But, you know, <clears throat> that cost FSU. But other than that fumble, there were a few, there were a few things I didn't like. Um, like the third and one from shotgun, it looked like it was going to be a pass play and, you know, Miami like it just brought the house or even somebody somebody missed an assignment on the line and as soon as Jordan Travis dropped back, the dude was back there and he just rocked him for a huge loss and so FSU had to punt. You know, I, I didn't like that play, but um for the most part, um, you know, I thought I thought FSU did um did a did a pretty good job overall as far as play calling and and um and things like that. Um I did not agree with the fifty two yard field goal I, I would have put it there. Um, I, I put it on Twitter. I would have put it there. And I know, I know my a- analytics guy is going to be like, you know, you got to play to win and blah, 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 blah. But I mean, a 52 yard field goal. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, three point field goals are not going to win the game. Uh, the way the defense have been playing, you did not need to give Miami any any inkling of of hope of momentum or anything and you know they got the ball at the 34 yard line and you know they went you know took advantage of it but other than that you know um i I had wrote also that miami was the was the more talented team but fsu was the, the the better coach team and the more disciplined team and that certainly came to fruition. Uh, miami's <laughs> i said on i said on twitter on monday i said um, Miami had more penalties in the first quarter of the of the game than they do commits in the entire 2022 class, and that is a fact. They had, um, I think it was nine penalties, and they only had eight commits in the entire 2022 class. So, you know that that was a story in the game. You know, just executing, um, not beating themselves, taking advantage of the miscues by Miami. Um, Responding to the adversity when it came, um, man, this team, this team is so, you know, they're four and six, but man, they are light years better than they were last year. And, uh, it's a testament to, um, the coaching staff and to the, um, the players, uh, like Jermaine Johnson, who I haven't even mentioned yet, but man, what a game. That's, that's a game for the ages. That's a game like, um, Jalen Ramsey against Miami back in 2015, I think it was. Where one one guy just just takes over the game. I mean, for a defensive lineman to do that and to play that many snaps at that level, and I mean, even at the end of the game, he was still impacting things. So, I mean, man, that's that that guy is a is a seminal. You know, I don't care if he's only been here less than a year. Hey, that guy's all no to me. I mean, major props to Jermaine Johnson, man. What a what a game, Whew, man. And I got to give props to um, Jordan Travis too. Um, 
I mean, there was a point where he came out of the game, and I was like, and we were. I think, I think Miami had already taken the lead too, and I was like, oh man, I was like, if he doesn't go back into the game, it's a for sure loss. So I think that kind of was. I think that's kind of what I was thinking also when I was whenever Miami scored to make it twenty eight to twenty, and and I was like ball game. I would, I would, I, I think at the time I wasn't sure if Travis was 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 completely healthy or what. But man, um, through through fours, uh, was it two seventy four or two seventy six? And so that's like the highest um, passing total that FSU's had this year. They finally crossed over the one thousand passing yard barrier for the season. Um, did it against uh, Miami. So, um, but that's Jordan. Jordan crossed the thousand passing yard barrier um, uh, for the season. And, um, you know, they didn't ask him to do too much. Um, I know, I know some people will, you know, probably say, oh, um, you know, he's, he, you know, he's turning the corner as a passer. And, you know, he looked confident on that throw to fourth and 14. Like I said, he just stepped back. I was like, Ooh, I was, you know, I was like, I was impressed, but, um, you know, <clears throat> the throw to Douglas is the same throw he made in the uh, Notre Dame game, the same throw that he made uh, to Tamari and Terry against Notre Dame last year for touchdown. So, you know, you know, you know, Jordan is, um, Jordan is, is a, is a great, great, um, guy to have in this position. You know, he's, um, he's a guy that, uh, is giving them an opportunity to win. Um, and hopefully he can use, um, you know, that game as a, as a, as a confidence booster to, um, to, you know, reach that next level as a passer because they need him. They need him to to continue to improve as a passer. You know, we saw we saw what it looks like against an elite defense. Um, you know, like I said, Miami Miami's defense isn't isn't really good at all. Um, uh, you know, they're just really aggressive. And, um, <clears throat> you know, so but major props to Jordan Travis. That was a game where, you know, he'll he'll go down and, you know, FSU lower uh, for that one play alone, um, not to mention what he has meant to this team, um, you know, the last two years. Um, but props to props to all those guys, man, to to just battle, uh, overcome um, that adversity was was really impressive. And um, you know, there's no quitting this team. And um, the win, I mean, for recruits to be there in that atmosphere, to finally get over the hump, to to end the four game losing streak. To do it the way that they did it, um, you know, FSU was already in the mix with a lot of these guys. I mean, that is why they were able to get them to this game. Think about it. Think about FSU had, you know, over 100 guys there. And we're not even talking about just 2022. We're talking about 2023, 2024 players that saw this game. And that game is going to impact them. You know, so when the coaches call, you know, those guys and, you know, 23 and 24, you know, to come back to this game or to, you know, to come back to campus, that's going to make them, you know, it's going to be more enticing for them to do so because of that experience that they had uh, on Saturday night. And, you know, the guys that are in the 2022 class, um, like Wesley Besaint and, you know, Marvin Jones Jr., um, you know, players like that, I mean, you look at Florida and you look at Miami and you look at FSU and you say, okay, Dan Mullen probably is going to be gone um, in a year if he makes it out of this year. Manny Diaz, Miami, Miami just fired their athletic uh, director. 
Will Manny Diaz survive the year? Mm. It's, it's, yeah. it's not a, you know, he is slim. It's slim for him to survive this year, I think. So he probably won't be there long term. And so here you have Mike Novell with FSU. Um, you can see the progress being made. Um, you know, they're competitive. They play hard. Um, they, you know, you know, they have um, a great atmosphere, great fans, great college, great school. It is the one school of the big three that's trending upward. And, and, and the coaches can look at, look at the games and say, man, look, we lost this game by uh, a field goal in overtime. You know, we lost this game um, by a touchdown. You know, we lost this game. We didn't even have our starting quarterback, and we were in the game in, in, the, in the fourth quarter. Um, four out of our six losses, we didn't even have our starting quarterback. You know, which a lot of people, which a lot of FSU fans don't even realize. Jordan in 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 four other six losses, Jordan Travis either was hurt or had to come out of the game or had the flu or whatever. And so when you look at it, you say, "Man, they got four wins. They could easily have six wins right now." And that's with Boston College and a Florida who might quit on the season on the horizon. And that's with the Jacksonville State loss, you know. But we'll, we'll, you know, we won't mention that anymore. But you know, they could have six wins right now, and Jordan Travis has not played in four of the six losses, you know. So, um, which brings me to Boston College. So, I I watched the I've watched Boston College, uh, you know, a few times this year just to kind of confirm what I thought, you know, before the season began, you know, I've said it, I've been really vocal about it. I said Boston College is, you know, they've gotten, they were getting a lot of love from people and I, I don't know why. Maybe it's because they had a new coach last year and they won six games in the COVID year. I, I don't know. But I had Boston College as the most overrated team on the schedule for this year. A lot of people are in love with the quarterback and he's he's not a bad quarterback, but he's not – He's not anything special. Um, he's he's no better than any quarterback the FSU has faced, and they have faced Sam Hartman, Sam Howell, um, Devin Leary from NC State. Um, I mean, look at Van Dyke. Van Dyke can play, you know. So he's not any better than any of those guys. And um, you know, and when you look at who they have played this year, they've beaten three teams that are non-Power Five teams. And then the Power Five teams they were beating are, you know, Virginia Techs and Georgia Techs, and I think it was Virginia Tech. None, none of those three teams are any good. Um, so I watched the Georgia Tech game from last week, and Georgia Tech's offenses—I mean, their—I'm um, sorry, their defense is awful. Like, and see, Miami had just played Georgia Tech um, in the game before they played FSU, so I've watched a lot of Georgia Tech and. Their their defense is awful, and and but then on the flip side, Boston College's defense has been awful all year too, and Georgia Tech was able to run for over two hundred yards against Boston College, and what does FSU do well? They run the ball. They can run the ball. Boston College does not do a good job of setting the edge against the run. Um, they have holes in the secondary. I mean. They they can be had. It's a game where it's a game where I think the offense will be able to score points, 
And the defense, um, you know, if they go out there with the same game plan they've had um, the last two weeks against NC State and um, and Miami, I think they'll be just fine. Um, you know, it's a game where, um, you know, it's on the road. It's at 12 o'clock. They're coming off of the huge win against Miami. You know, you know, it's a it's a prime as as oddsmakers and betting will call it, um, a letdown opportunity. Um, but I think Mike Novell and the coaching staff have um have have really preached the importance of um not letting success um, you know, handling that success. You know, what one thing he says is not it's not how you handle failure, it's how you handle success. Right. And so it's, you know, it's an opportunity for them to prove that, you know, they can handle the success that they had from the Miami game. And um, if FSU goes up there and they don't turn the ball over, um, you know, they play the way they've been playing for the most part, you know, and and of course, Jordan Travis plays. uh, I think they 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 have a great opportunity to win this game, um, you know, handedly by by 10 points, you know, or something like that. um, you know, Boston College, um, you know, they, they like to throw the ball vertically, but they don't have any any players better than than Miami has or um or or Notre Dame has or uh or anything like that. Um their defense doesn't they're like at the bottom of uh as far as um tackles for a loss. They don't do a great job of getting out to the quarterback as far as sacks and pressures. Um like I said, Georgia Tech just ran on them for over two hundred yards. They allow um, almost five yards per carry against the run. So, you know, FSU just got to go up there and handle business. This is a game they should win. They have no business losing this game. And, um, you know, I'm I'm looking for them to go up there and, and take care of business. So that's, the you know, that's kind of my just, you know, big picture thoughts as far as the Boston College game. Um, of course, you know, as we do every week, we'll be writing about um, breaking the game down and talking about the weaknesses and the strengths of the teams and, and how I think it'll go. Um, so make sure you check out, um, chopchat.com for that. But, um, man, what a, what a great time. What a great time to be a no, um, big win over Miami. Miami's in disarray. They, they're about to fire everybody. Um, their recruiting class is trash right now. They got eight commits and they probably won't even have that. Um, especially if they fire Manny, um, four of their top six commits are from out of state. So they probably, they probably won't sign with Miami anyway. Um, they've got one offensive lineman as a commit. They have no defensive lineman, man, they, they are in trouble. Um, so as I wrote on Monday's column, you know, this is, um, the the state of Florida is ripe for FSU to take back over. You know, they just got to capitalize here in this 2022 class, um, go into next year, have a great off season and, um, you know, put results on the field in 2022. And then it's going to be off to the races, but, um, we appreciate you guys, um, tuning in with us. Uh, make sure you um, check out our sponsor bet online. Like I said, you can bet a hundred dollars on FSU right now. And if they win outright, you would win 150 bucks. Um, so they're plus 150 on the money line. Um, so appreciate you um, supporting um, Bet Online. And um, if you if this is your first time listening, um, make sure you um, subscribe and download. We appreciate your support. Um, those of you that have been rocking with me um, for the for the the last 15 episodes, we appreciate you. 
and um, share the episode online. And um, we look forward to talking to you guys, hopefully after no win against Boston College this weekend. Go Noles. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.